Greg's been doing some reading, so he's prepping the topics for the show. I don't know what's coming up, but there's there's one topic that's obvious, and I think it's it's an annual discussion. Uh, what's the day today, Greg? 9-11. Yeah. It's amazing how this day has so many different meanings for so many different people. And I remember when I was a kid, you'd hear your parents talk about moments in history that before you were born that they can remember where they were. Like my mother tells me about she knew exactly where she was when John F. Kennedy was shot. She knows exactly where she was when such and such a thing happened. My father, same thing. And I'm sure same goes for your parents and so on and so forth. Everybody in, in the world can has a moment like that of one way or the other good or bad or both i remember being in uh the dressing room i remember watching everything with uh with the guys in the team and in, in montreal uh when that when when things went down and it was just just was that medical day for you that was medicals for us i don't know i can't remember um it was fitness testing that was the yeah. whole well that was that morning yeah the shittiest part of the year as far as i'm concerned the shittiest part of the year. I've talked about this in length before about showing up to training camp. Whether I was 18 years old in my very first training camp or when I went to my last one, when I was 36 years old, there was always a fear of not doing enough or have I done enough? Where am I going to fit in when we do these tests? Am I going to be able to um, continue to push the envelope on what I did the year before? Where do I fit in amongst the guys in the team? Am I going to look down upon if I have bad results? Like everything just goes through your head. It's just a shitty time. I always, every single one. And even this is, this is when I was making, you know, one of the top defensemen on the team, making a lot of money. I still felt uncomfortable. I still felt that I was always looking over my shoulder and uh, I treated every player like they were the biggest enemy of all time. I had to fight my buddies in training camp. Sean McMorrow was one of my closest friends on the Rochester Americans. We played junior hockey together. Rob Ray was gone. It was only Eric Bolden. And... Sean McMorrow and I played the opening morning, 7 a.m. scrimmage, puck drop, and we are at Garden City Arena in St. Catharines, my hometown. And we're dropping the gloves, and we are fighting at 7.45 in the morning. Just no music, no fans, just a cold rink, just throwing bombs, okay? With a guy that you know and respect. Love. I loved him. Yeah. Guy had some guy had some issues. How brutal was that? Guy had some issues, but I fucking love that guy. I still talk to him today, but not as often as I'd like. But the the point is, is it's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. You see him walking into the rink, you're like, hey, good morning. You know, sometimes you might even ride to training camp, ride to the rink with these guys from the hotel. Like you ever do you ever have a conversation with him knowing that like you're a heavyweight, knowing that he's a heavyweight? knowing that you're working literally for the same position. And ultimately, are you going to, are you going to make the team 
beating up him or is it going to be in the preseason games when you're playing against other teams and you're going out and basically, you know, you're not marking your territory, getting in a preseason game. If you're not fighting in, in training camp, you know that I know that. Oh, I'm saving myself for the exhibition games. No, you're not. Not at 21, not at 22, not at 23 when there's a job on the line. I, I remember re- my very first, very first shift on the ice in Montreal. We got called in both teams to center ice. We were told we do not want any fighting. This is not about fighting. We know who the fighters are. We know who the skilled players are. We know what all you guys can do. We do not want fighting in camp. They said, save it for the exhibition games. I think that lasted a couple shifts because I got in a fight with some French guy who was just a complete meat stick looking because he was only there. He was a walk on. He was only there to fight. And I was more than obliged. I didn't get, I well, didn't care. The, I was 18 the, years old. The year that I made the team and out of training camp was 2003 and I showed up and Rob Ray was gone and it was just Eric Bolden and the Sabres always carried two guys. And they were going to that that year. So whether it was going to be me or Sean McMorrow or I don't know, maybe they go get somebody. But the point is, is that so I fight Sean McMorrow. And he's down on the ice and I'm over top of him. And I, I don't think I I can't remember if I knocked him down. I didn't knock him down with a punch, but he was on the ice and I just kept fucking hitting him. I, I bet you he was I bet you I hit him four times square in the face. Just he was just sitting on his ass on the ice and no refs. Seven in the morning. You got beer league refs out there. And I just kept hitting him. <laughs> like, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize what I was doing. I just kept hitting him. That's how badly I wanted I wanted everyone to know how serious I was about making the team. Yeah. And he was he was the only guy standing well first, and then there's Eric Bolt, but that's a different story. We had an unbelievable fight, and he broke his thumb. He says he broke his thumb hitting me. I think he got it tangled up in his jersey as I was ragging him around. But and the the point is, is Sean McMorrow goes back to the bench, and this was an old school rink, and he was on one side and I was on the other. We and you know how in in training camp you fight. But then you go back to the bench. Like you don't go to the penalty box. There's no penalty. There's no penalty. Do you remember this? Sometimes you'd fight and then put your shit on and keep playing. Keep playing. Right? Yeah. 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 So stop me when the story's boring. So we go back to the bench and we're sitting there putting our shit on and he's <laughs> yelling at me from across the ice and rightfully so like guys were like that was fucking bullshit and i was like yeah maybe that was a little bullshit he's yelling at me from across he's like like it's echoing like it's so loud he's leaning over the boards and the play's going on like now the plays and he's just yelling staring across at me and someone goes hey i think max talking to you and i don't even have my i don't have anything on yet okay like i maybe have an elbow pad on So I jumped over the boards and he jumped over the boards while the play was going on five on five. The play is going on. Like there's a, a a cycle in the zone five on five. We skate to center ice and we just start fighting again. Really? Yes. And then 
So then the fight ends. Like, we're both tired. I had no jersey on. He had, I think my shirt is ripped. And we're both welted in our faces. Like, eyes are welted. Nose are bleeding. Like, it was it was a brawl. Okay? Just two guys that loved each other but hated each other at the same time. And we're not going to give an inch for that last spot on the team. So at the end of the fight, he jabs me in the face because I remember what I did to him in the prior. He, and he, he busted my tooth. And that was it. That was, that was it. And I, we you guys probably, go out uh, for lunch after 100%, this. hundred percent. We did. We laughed. Guys were like, that was unbelievable. I've never guys guys that had spent like the yeah, guys the guys, like, the guys that guys say that, that are spent, all like no, the guys, all the guys that, that had, don't do it. Yes. Cause that's not fun. The guys that were were like that was unbelievable. There were some guys that had been in the league for 10 years, 12 years. So like I've never seen that. He's like, I've seen three on three fights, five on I've never seen two guys come off the bench across the rink and fight while the play's going on. Hey, Andy. Ever been in a car crash? Actually, you know what? I know you have because you're a terrible driver. But what would you do if you were in a car crash? I'd call my friends at Salino Law. 800-555-5555. Well, the boys, the boys are back in town. There was a few players on the Sabres that ended up playing uh, out at my course the other day. Uh, a group of them, and uh, it's nice to see them together. Nice to see them uh, getting ready. Uh, the, what What is it? Uh, maybe a week and a half uh, before training camp starts. What is it? it it's. It, I feel it gets later and later. I feel it used like to be September first when I when I first started. And now it's. I think it's like the twenty fifth, maybe. No. Yeah, it's late. I know they start playing games right away. So what's your point? You said the guys were out there golfing. Should they have been working out? Is that it, what you're no, saying? Uh, no, absolutely not. Bonding. Absolutely bonding. not. Is this bonding they all time? Look, yeah, the bonding time. Uh, they all look absolutely in fantastic shape. And, um, you know, it it was it was nice to see them out together. I, I love that. I love that, um, you know, just being together before things really start to hunker down and get going. And uh, it was nice uh, nice to see him out. It was nice to see I remember him. that too. Guys would be in town. They'd get there. They'd skate in the morning, and then there'd be a group of them going golfing. Maybe some of them would work out later in the day or just they were taking the day off. Must have been nice. Timmy Connolly, all these boys that would go hit the links. <clears throat> Uh, well, if that's your, if that's your, I'm thing, ready. Then just show up thing, ready. Do it, that's right? all. The, hey, listen, it's you better than play. what we did. <laughs> Holy shit balls, man! I mean, you 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 go to you go to camp, and you'd be there for I don't know four or four or five hours, and you'd leave there by what two o'clock in the afternoon, and what what'd we do? Literally twenty five guys met at a bar, and started drinking wobbly pops and uh, having a few. Uh, you know, sliders. Uh, no training. There. Like that wasn't every day. Oh, you and right. I had some. You and I had some kinks we had to iron out. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. If we were gonna it's that little place, and I we don't know, even know if you remember this. If we were going I think to, you're the one who showed me this place. It's a little place that had these half bottles of uh, Heineken. Do you remember those? 
Yeah. I've never drank a half bottle of Heineken in my entire life, except for that place. Yeah. And they were rolling. And rocks. I don't they even, were, I can't remember rock. where it is. It was rolling rock. Was they were really? rolling rock splits. And we drank buckets and buckets and buckets. Oh of my those. God. I don't Washington, know. Washington square restaurant right down across from the baseball stadium. Washington Great wings. The Julian salad there is absolutely incredible. Oh, I, I wanted to stay light. eh? just poured like half a gallon of friggin' f- ranch they dressing bring on in the there. buckets, the splits. Yeah. They were the yeah, rolling rock splits. Good time. I remember that. I, eh? holy shit. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I don't remember a whole lot, but I remember some good times like that. I think they literally had just opened when we got there. <laughs> yeah. I think we, yeah, I do. I think Palmer that. was like, who wants to go to yoga? Let's do a little extra yoga. And then goose is like, Oh, I'll go. So anyway, <laughs> Goose and really, Palmer hey, went for yoga. When, when Millsy was here the other day, I remember. And then I, Goose I, went and told all the coaches that he went uh, that he went to yoga. When Millsy was here for Coletta's wedding, we were sitting at the table beside each other. I said, uh, I said, I remember I came in one day, Millsy. I said, this is how low key you were. And I had been out the night before, nothing crazy. <laughs> He's like, where'd you go last night? I was like, oh, I was at Coles Tuesday night at Coles. <laughs> I go, what'd you do? He goes, oh. He was living with Gosta at the time. And he goes, um, me and Goose made some pretty killer guac last night. <laughs> and I, I, fucking, I fucking dropped to my knees laughing. I'm just like, look out for this guy. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was fucking dying. I think. That's great. I Leave Goose goal. alone. He was a friggin' warrior. I, I love goalie pads across the fucking room. You still think that Goose <laughs> should get should get you know a verbal beat down because that Milan Lucic uh, hit on Millsy that back in the day? I think he got a freaking the short end of the stick on that. I think everybody absolutely ripped him when he didn't so-called jump into the fray. Meanwhile, he was all the way down the ice. And yeah, I would I would love to him to get a little bit more chirpy with Milan Lucic, but I mean... Okay, so in that particular incident, everyone knew that Ryan and Paul Gostev were the best of friends, okay? They were really close friends. I mean... I can't remember if Millsy had been married that summer or not, but Goose was in his wedding party. Luchas didn't get thrown out of the game. And that was Ryan's closest friend. So that is who I think I would have expected to do something right away. Maybe not. I think Reggie Sakara was the first one there. I've watched this a million times. Okay. Like- and, and hold on. And he's not going to do anything. That's not his place. A two hand across the teeth would have been nice, Reggie, but I'll let you go on that one. That's that's but, not his that's not his it's place. It's not his thing. I and I nothing, think the I, next stop, guy in was Vanek. Stop I, I hold nothing against any of those guys. Okay. They showed up, they arrived, they made a scrum. It was what it was. But the point is what happened after? Nothing. Absolutely after nothing. Pardon? What do you mean? After what? Like Lucic didn't get thrown out of the game, so so go fucking jump him. The game shouldn't matter at that point. Arguably, the best goaltender in the NHL at the time was just taken out 
what whoever you want to blame on that. You can blame Lucic, you can blame Millsy. Lucic could have avoided him. He chose not to. He knew exactly what he was doing. He, no shit. And what I heard, what happened after. I know, but I no, mean, no, no, you look what at the three ha- guys what, that what I showed heard, up. Hold on. This. What I heard that happened after was the guys were interviewed. Millsy did his thing about, I want to just stick around and talk about what a piece of shit Lucic is. I remember that, okay? And that was totally fine. I, I, listen, I'll always support Ryan Miller, okay? The players were asked about it. And I, Lynn Lindy was asked about it. And they said, um, I think Goose had said something about, you know, no one doing anything about it or nothing being addressed. And then, and then Lindy said, Paul was on the ice when it happened. So like, for instance, like when Chris Drury got hit, all hell broke loose. People still talk about that brawl, which makes no sense to me. Cause that is the furthest thing from your five on five brawl at the odd was 10 times greater than that Ottawa brawl. But all hell should have broken loose that game. And it didn't. So then, two weeks later, they play. And then Goose goes and fights Lucic as if like that was something he had to do almost to... He had to do it because he was getting called out by everybody. But but by that time, it was too late. I understand. I understand that. But, you know, is, is, is that just on Paul Gostad? Why is he the one getting called out? Because he's 6'4", 220, and that's his best friend? Is there any more, and teammate, is there any more of a reason? That's not That's not a reason to put this on all on Paul Gostad, is what I'm trying well, here, to say. Okay, so here's the thing. If I were in the lineup, who would it have been on? You. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's your job. That's you. You have a very clear cut position. And on at the, the time, team. let me Paul make Gostad it clear. is not a fighter. So why do I have to go fight him if he's not fighting those guys? That is the perfect guy for Paul Gostad to fight. And 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 how 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 big was Paul Gostad again? Six four two twenty maybe. Six four two twenty. Six five two twenty. Six five two twenty. Six five two twenty. Okay. Well, why didn't Tyler Myers do anything? He's six eight. Goose used to shake his gloves at Sedano Chara when Chara wore a cage. But then when Chara didn't wear a cage, he wouldn't fucking look at him. That's like Lindy Ruff reputation type shit. So someone said the other day that there was a joke. Bill, Bill Burr, a comedian, said Lindy Ruff's nickname was Ruff at Home, Lindy on the Road. <laughs> Brendan Shanahan told me a story about Lindy Ruff one time. We were having lunch. He's like, oh, yeah, Lindy Ruff was the kind of guy that when you got into a scrum with him and the whistle had gone, he'd be like looking down, still looking for the puck. You know what I mean? You know those guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Shanahan was tough as shit, man. So that was kind of goose. Ah, Shanahan fighting uh, Detroit. And? Um, we didn't end up going. But I guess he's good friends with Sheldon Surrey, and he was asking about me after the game. Like, who the hell is this friggin' Reve kid? He kept on asking me to fight. So, How old were you? It's pretty young at the time. Like he was he was super, super, super tough. I knew that. I knew he was a big guy. Like, he's 6'2", 225. 
and he was a, he was tough as nails but i felt like i was not out of my league like i could handle and not get hurt by him like I, it would have been a great bout if we would have scrapped right so, and i was just like you know this this freaking one of the greatest yeah, power forwards in the game to go like, down to be like getting knocked out by keith kachuk you know exactly so, i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah if I were to fight Eric Lindros and he knocked me out, I would be absolutely honored. <laughs> you know, I was I was not ashamed to lose to George Larock. I was not ashamed yeah. to lose to some of these guys. I was I know? think if people were to see him, like I, I just remember being in Montreal and I and I told you this story before, like training camp stories. I always left my hometown in North Bay to go to Montreal. A, a month before the season started. So I trained basically by myself at the, at the bell center um, with the trainers there. And, and just, um, you know, I skated with all of these unbelievable players. Like they were an insane group of French, French players that were skating in Montreal. I came off the ice after one of our skates and George LaRock was sitting in the corner with just his pants on shin pads with his skates on, but he'd taken his shoulder pads and everything off and he had his shirt off. And to this day, I have never ever seen a player that looks anything remotely like this man. Try getting like, I mean, he was 275 and his arms, chest shoulders. He literally had bowling balls as shoulders. Like he was the yeah. biggest man I have ever seen in my life. And I was looking at him and I was, you know, I was like 195 pounds. Like I wasn't a real big guy, but I'm scrappy. Fuck, I don't, I don't really care. I, you know, take the beating if I had to. And I was thinking to myself, like this human being that, that I'm looking at right now, who's a young guy, who's, who's young. I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I could, even hold on to him i have never felt power in any fight from Derek bugard to brian mcgratton wade belak colton or eric goddard matt johnson some of the big big boys the minute he grabbed you he had full control how about the comment uh the article you sent me about lance light from lance lysowski want to talk about that um Okay, I got to look back what I sent you because uh, that's just. Uh... Oh. Okay. Is that what you were going to talk about? Well, no, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. But, uh, you know, this is this is. Um, Sabres report. According to Lance Like House. After the Sabres were eliminated from the playoff contention by New Jersey, Devin Levi sat quietly in the corner of the locker room. He did not undress until every teammate had left, and there was only two reporters and a single employee left in the room. Okay. So what does that mean? Does that mean he cares more than the, the rest of the guys? Is that I'm I'm asking you, is that what that's implying? Is that he cares more than oh, the rest? 
What well, about the first guy? Apparently, that got apparently out? he just was furious. Out. He felt he felt that he needed to carry the entire season on his shoulders. That's what that means to me. That he let the entire city of Buffalo and the whole organization down because he was put in a position to help get him there, help get him to the promised land, and he did. He let us all down, and he should have sat there because you know a whole four fucking games in the league. Take your shit off. Get in the shower. Get on the fucking bus. And let's get the fuck out of here. This is this is the kind is of that, shit. Where, is that this, what your is that what you think of this? Uh, I this is the kind of thing where I think guys would get on the bus where I wouldn't say shit, but I would hear guys say, "What's how about the fucking hero X uh, Levi in there?" Eh? Holy fuck! Yeah, we're all feeling it too, bud. Okay, let's go. Bus is waiting. Where was the game? New Jersey. Oh, I was in New Jersey. Okay. Um, Come on, we gotta get we gotta get to Teterboro. I don't know. I I I just I you know I read stuff like this and I sent this to you this morning. I'm just like, why why are we even writing this? Why are we even writing that? You know, Devin Levi is sitting quietly in the room. Savior, and he's man. the he's last the fucking, one. He's the savior, Craig. You know, this is what saviors do. They're just he's just prepping us. You know, I get why he put it out there. Okay, I mean. Some people will want to hear like, oh, wow, Devin Levi, did you hear this? Here's my problem with it. Like, we're going to sit here and we're going to make him out to be like he's an, a friggin' hero because he was the last person sitting quietly in the dressing room. Everybody had left except for two reporters and one team employee. So does that mean he cares more than the rest or is he pouting? We don't know. So what the hell are you writing it for? Who gives a shit if he was the first guy out? No, no. The last not guy why out? are you writing it? I disagree with that 100%. It's why the fuck is he sitting there? You know, maybe that's that? his thing. It's the hype machine, man. Oh, I know. It's the super hype machine. I'm sure he's excited and I'm sure he's confident and he should be. And I'm not doubting his ability. I'm just, I'm worried in case something doesn't go right for him. I hope it doesn't. I hope it works. Everybody goes, everybody has to take their lumps, but I think Ryan Miller went through a struggle. Yes. His At first point game, in his career, one year he got called up. He got shelled by Detroit left him yeah. to hang seven, one or something in the net. Six, yeah. six, one. Listen, Devin Levi is going to go through some tough games, some really tough games, just like all the best. All the others, they've all been through it. And for me, um, he's an exciting young prospect. He is an exciting young player. Supposed to be mature beyond his years. That's great. That's great. Um, but he's still a young, he's still a, a very, very, very young player. I just don't want the pressure to be on the pressure of the season to be on him because goaltending with this team is still an issue because they're so young. Because of the young hurdles that all goalies go through, it's a lot resting on two young, unproven goaltenders here this year. So everything yeah. that everything that we are expecting to see from Devin Levi, I expect to see multiple. When's the last time we've year, had a good goaltender? And in flashes, but I don't expect Devin Levi to arrive consistently until next year. When's Ryan the last Miller, time we've had a good goaltender? Well, Robin Leonard was apparently a good goaltender. Was he? Apparently. The fan base shit on him like it was an outhouse. 
Well, team in front of him mattered. And then uh, Allmark, who had an embarrassing <laughs> group ahead of him, was was a pretty damn good goaltender, and he got, you know, moved out. Everybody got moved out. I mean, the goaltending may not be the problem. Maybe the system that's in front of the goaltender that's allowing great A scoring chances multiple times a game. I'll tell you this. Devin Levi is going to have a really, really long year if the Sabres play the same way defensively as they did last year. Because I'm going to tell you, you can't continue to win games 6-5. And man, as a fan, as a fan, and I watched all their games, man, it was exciting. You want to know why? Because we scored a shit ton of goals. We scored a ton of goals. But we also allowed a lot defensively. And that's got to change. If you want to be a winner, if you want to win in this league, you have to be a great defensive team. I don't know if uh, knowing that Devin Levi um, sitting in the locker room with all his equipment on long after everybody was gone is certainty that the team will make the playoffs this year, but it's nice to know the optimisms there. You know, it's like the Bills. The season starts tonight for the Bills. Is there any question that they're going to be good? No. A lot of a lot of nervous uh there's a lot of nervous people right now. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Fall at anything. I just assume they're going to be good. That's what I expect. I mean, they have Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. I thought they are on, like every time I hear around the league too with the NFL, and this is just it is very interesting to me. Um, I just keep hearing that the Bills offense is one of the top in the league. We don't have anywhere near some of the offensive players that other teams do. Who do you think has more pressure, the Bills or the Jets? Is that who they're playing tonight? Oh, my God. Bloody hell, man. I think the Jets because they brought in Aaron Rodgers. Just so happens they're featured on Hard Knocks too. So I kind of learned a lot about the Jets. That's why I'm. Do you not think that there's a little bit of a hype machine with Buffalo? There's been a hype machine with Buffalo for the last couple years. You got Josh Allen, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game. Is this their year? You have you're going into division rival, and I think that there's uh, some pressure on on Josh Allen and the Bills, or is there more pressure on MVP, multiple MVP? Uh, I think Josh Allen's going to be better this year. He's single. I'm dead serious. Playing as a starting quarterback in the NFL as a single guy, you want to perform just for the, just for the opportunities in the stands and and on the, he's not, he's not single. Yeah, he is. Is he not uh, seeing some actress or no, is he? Yes. That's so cliche. Fuck God's sake. Next, next topic. I'm sick of these fucking guys just all going for the celebrities. Go for just a common, normal. Why are you gonna go for the celebrities all the time? It wouldn't be dating some other high profile person. It's not because it's not because I am afraid of being overshadowed. It's simply because 
what fun is that? I'm serious. Her name's Haley Seinfeld. Who? Haley Seinfeld. No idea who that is. He's yeah. dating already. He's already dating. You know what? That's his problem. He had role in Pitch, Pitch Perfect. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. Here's what's no. going to happen. She's going to meet some other Hollywood actor. Somebody's going to sweep her off her feet. She's going to be with Brad Pitt or something one day at a at a at a uh, premiere, and Josh's game is going to go in the toilet. It's going to be a public breakup. Fuck. Who's helping these guys? Anyway, Bills are going to pull something out here tonight. I feel strongly about it. I think that uh, it's just, I really do believe it's going to be the Josh Allen show here tonight. Anyway, go Bills. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.